Hello, my loves, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Wild Moon Podcast. I am so incredibly excited to be bringing you this episode today. I've been talking about this for months. You've known that it is coming, and today is the day. The episode on boundaries is finally here. So in this episode, I am going to be talking all about boundaries. I'm going to be talking about why it is so difficult for empaths to set and enforce boundaries. I'm going to be talking about what even is a boundary. Why is it so important? How can setting boundaries and enforcing boundaries absolutely transform your life? I'm going to talk about how I've done it and how you can do it too. And I'm going to answer your pressing questions that I've been receiving from you guys all about what you want to know when it comes to boundaries and how you can use boundaries to start living a happier, healthier, more beautiful and abundant, blessed life. So with all of that said, let's get right into it. I'm so excited. Here we go. Let's talk about boundaries. Hi again, friends. Welcome to this episode of the Wild Moon podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the one thing that I believe is quite possibly the most important thing for empaths to understand and to incorporate in our lives. And that is boundaries. Setting boundaries and enforcing boundaries is one of the most difficult things for an empath to do. The reason for that is because most empaths were conditioned at an early age to completely avoid setting boundaries. Most empaths were raised by a parent or a caretaker who had narcissistic tendencies or who was a full-blown narcissist. Narcissists and individuals with narcissistic tendencies do not like boundaries. In fact, they hate boundaries. Narcissists will do just about anything that they can to avoid the people in their lives closest to them having boundaries. They thrive on exploiting the emotions of those who are closest to them. And when those individuals have strong, healthy boundaries, they cannot exploit them at all. So therefore, the empath, in many cases the child, 
is really conditioned to not set boundaries. And further, they are actually punished very severely when they do set boundaries. And depending on the nature of the relationship, depending on the parenting style, the punishment can be anything from light emotional abuse to intense psychological abuse to physical abuse and so on and so forth and anywhere in between. So the empath likely instead of creating boundaries and enforcing boundaries, the empath developed the tendency to have absolutely no boundaries because instead of dealing with the wrath that comes from setting a boundary to a narcissist, the empath would rather deal with the slow, steady, constant abuse that he or she is used to because at least that is familiar and sometimes it's not as bad as the wrath that comes from setting a boundary. So now we understand a little bit about why empaths do not set boundaries. In many cases, This is something that develops in childhood. This is something that happens between a child and a parent or caretaker. But it can also happen later in life. An individual can end up in a relationship with an extreme narcissistic individual, a friend, a teacher an employer, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse. And they can wind up in a position where they, at one time in their life, were able to set strong and healthy boundaries because they did not have that conditioned out of them at a young age. But now they suddenly find themselves incapable of setting boundaries because this relationship that happened later in life traumatized them to such a degree that the conditioning of developing that inability to set and maintain boundaries happened later in life as a result of that relationship. It's less likely because an individual who learned that it was okay to set healthy boundaries in childhood is less likely to get into that type of a relationship later on in life because they already know how to set healthy boundaries, they already know how to look for red flags, and they are less likely to find themselves in that type of a scenario because they simply won't accept it. The moment that someone is clearly going to be violating their boundaries, the healthy individual does not continue to engage with that type of person. Whereas the empath 
who was conditioned at a very young age to identify that type of behavior with love because they received that type of treatment from their parent or caregiver, views that as love and dives headfirst into that type of relationship because that is what he or she knows to be love. So for all of these reasons, empaths find it very difficult to, number one, create boundaries and set boundaries, and number two, to enforce those boundaries. So even if the empath gets to the point where something is happening repeatedly and it's very unhealthy and she says, okay, enough is enough. I cannot tolerate that behavior anymore. I'm going to set a boundary. She may get to the point of setting the boundary, but she has a very difficult time enforcing it because when she tries to enforce it, the individual who she is enforcing it against is going to get angry and she's going to sense that anger and it's going to trigger her and it's going to replay trauma that she experienced earlier in life when she tried to enforce boundaries against a parent or caregiver and she's just going to retreat because she knows what's coming next or the trauma is so severe and intense that rather than relive it, rather than be exposed to the pain that comes from the wrath, she just keeps her mouth closed and that boundary that she tried to set just becomes absolutely useless because she set it, but she is unable to maintain it. So all of this goes to explain why empaths cannot set and maintain boundaries. This is such an important topic to me personally because I have spent my entire life up until present day really struggling with this myself. And it is a result of my childhood. It is a result of having narcissistic caretakers and becoming an extreme empath and a lot of the people in this community are empaths and that's why we are drawn together that's why our collective is so strong because we are empaths or we are individuals who have extreme empathic tendencies And we all have our stories of how it happened. And for me, it did happen in childhood. And then it happened in friendships. And then it happened in relationships. And then it happened in employment situations at work. And even when I escaped one narcissistic situation or relationship... I always found myself right back in another one. 
most of my life up until about three or four years ago, I was completely in the dark that there was even such a thing as an empath or a narcissist. I didn't know what that meant. And so I was just flying blind through all of this. Then three or four years ago, I did start to research this because I was inside of a very dangerous situation and trying to claw my way out of that. And so I, lo- I was learning about how codependent abusive relationships occur, why they occur, and how they function. And it was in that research of understanding what was happening to me and why it was happening to me that I learned about empaths and narcissists. And eventually, I came to learn about boundaries and the empath's inability to set boundaries. But again, even though I learned about narcissists and empaths three or four years ago, I did not really get the full scope. And it has been an ongoing process of educating myself and healing myself and developing awareness and developing consciousness to get me to a point now where, okay, I understand an empath, I understand a narcissist, I understand how it happens, why it happens, I understand and I have understood codependent relationships. So these are all things that I've really known, but I didn't until very, very recently understand the importance of boundaries and that is why I continued even over these last three or four years to find myself inside of circumstances where I was not setting healthy boundaries, I was not maintaining healthy boundaries and I was continuing to interact in situations and with individuals who did not honor my boundaries. And it was simply a lack of knowledge on my part. I did not know how critical boundaries are. And so recently, my work has really come to focus on boundaries. And when I say that, I'm talking about my personal self work and my personal healing journey and I'm talking about the work that I do with my clients because what I've come to understand is that the empath will never stop finding his or herself inside of these unhealthy codependent relationships and scenarios until he or she learns to set healthy boundaries and to maintain them at any cost. And that really means completely rewiring and reprogramming our natural inclination to 
make the other person happy at the cost of our own health, sanity, safety, whatever that might be. And so it's been critically important to me and I am so grateful for the opportunity to sit here today and talk to my community about this because every time I bring up this topic of boundaries, I get a flood of messages and responses from people who say, yeah, I need to do that. I need to learn how to do that. And I completely identify with what you're saying. I feel you. I hear you. Help me because I know that I need this too. And we all do. All of us as empaths need to learn how to do this. It's the only way that we can have healthy relationships. And it's the only way that we can actually heal ourselves and transform a lot of the pain that we have lived through into gold. And when I talk about transmuting pain and I talk about the alchemy of transmuting pain and trauma into gold and light and love, this is an example of that. Developing the ability and the habit of setting and maintaining healthy boundaries is a life changer, a game changer. And so that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, I want to get into some specifics about what boundaries are, about how we set healthy boundaries, and some other specific questions that I've gotten from you all in preparation for this. So one of the first things that I want to talk about next is the idea of what is a boundary. Because when I first asked you guys what questions you had, I was surprised to hear from a few of you who did not know what a boundary was. And I was only surprised by that because for me personally, even though I've never been able to set and maintain boundaries previously, I did know what they were. And I was aware that other people did it. Um, And I may have even thought that I was doing it because we're all pretty good at convincing ourselves of things like that. But I realized that because my community is so full of empaths and because most of us do not set and maintain boundaries, it makes perfect sense that some of you would not know what a boundary is. So let's talk about what a boundary is. Um, A boundary is, when I think of the word boundary, I think of it as a rule, R-U-L-E, a rule, something that is set in place that we put out into the universe. Either it's in our mind, in our heart, or we say it out loud 
and we express it to another person or we write it down and we express it to another person. But it is a rule that we set about something that we need to maintain in order to keep ourselves healthy, happy, and safe. Basically, we set boundaries in order that we can let other people know how they must treat us. We set a boundary to tell them and to tell ourselves what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. Boundaries are guides, the rules that we set so that we can live optimally, so that we can maintain wellness, happiness, joy, even while interacting with other people. And for some people who are not empaths, this might sound crazy. Like, of course other people know how to treat me because I won't tolerate anything less than how I want to be treated. But for the empaths, we know that that's simply not the case. For the empaths, we are so willing to sacrifice our own happiness and sanity and safety to make other people happy that we never habitually set boundaries. We let people run rampant all over us. We let people use us, humiliate us, degrade us, dishonor us, all because we would rather see someone else happy or avoid angering or aggravating or agitating another person because once again we were conditioned to do that from a very young age and that is all that we know how to do so that is why we don't set boundaries Now we're starting to get a better idea of what a boundary actually is. So I want to share a definition um, that I found in preparation for this podcast. I went through several books, several other podcasts, several really helpful Instagram feeds, and I found this definition somewhere that says a boundary is a membrane, a membrane. It lets positive things through and it keeps harmful things out. A boundary is not a wall. It's a membrane. So the way a membrane is a thin protective surface and how a membrane is almost transparent, right? And it does let some things through, but it doesn't let everything through. That's what a boundary is. A boundary is not a wall because a wall is a defense and a defense keeps everything out. A boundary is not that because a boundary, in fact, can help us to be closer to other people. It doesn't keep other people out. It helps us to be closer in a healthy way 
because it sets parameters on the relationship so that we can function and maintain our happiness and our sanity and our health because we are no longer allowing ourselves to be treated in such a way that strips us of our joy and our energy and our self-love. And that is why boundaries can be incredibly helpful and healthy. And when you find individuals who are willing to honor those boundaries... Those are the relationships that you want to keep and cultivate and grow inside of. When you encounter an individual who is completely rigid, when you set a boundary and unwilling to respect that boundary, you are dealing with a narcissist. Or you are dealing with someone who you are simply incompatible with. And in either case, the best thing to do at that point is to move on. Because if someone repeatedly shows you that they are not going to respect your boundaries, that's not something that you can change. You cannot convince a person to see your worth to such a degree that they suddenly decide to start respecting your boundaries. If that is not their nature, that is not their nature. And that's okay. That's when we release in light and love and we let go. I will also say in terms of what a boundary is, um, in that same definition I was referring to before, there was mention of the fact that boundaries provide a moral compass to keep us on track and to protect the important, tender parts of ourselves. So we can set boundaries not only with other people, but we can set boundaries with ourselves. We can set boundaries. If we have um, behavior that is self-destructive, if we have self-destructive behaviors, we can set boundaries with ourselves and say, okay, I am no longer going to participate in this self-destructive behavior. If there is a situation that often triggers me or exposes me to this self-destructive behavior, I am no longer going to expose myself to that. That's a boundary that we set for ourselves, And that's a way in which a boundary can serve as a moral compass because it directs us in terms of what we will do and what we will accept not just when it comes to other people and to other relationships but even when it comes to ourselves so that is the definition of what a boundary is and to further clarify that I would like to talk specifically about a few examples about what some boundaries might be. I think it's important that we speak practically and that we don't just talk theoretically about what a boundary is, but if we talk about real life, real life situations, um, what is a boundary? What are some examples of boundaries? So let's define that. Um, So one example of a boundary 
might be, let's take a circumstance where you have a friend or a coworker who is a complainer, who is extremely negative. Let's say this friend or this coworker really dislikes the boss, right? This person really doesn't like the boss. So she is constantly complaining about the boss. Every day, over and over, she's complaining about the boss. And, you know, you really like this person. You value her friendship. You value her companionship. You enjoy talking to her about other topics. But you are really getting exhausted by her constant complaining about the boss. This is an opportunity where you can set a boundary. And you can say to this person... I am so sorry that you are going through this. I am so sorry that you are unhappy with your boss. I hear you, I love you, and I'm here for you. But I really can't hear the complaining about the boss anymore because it's not helpful to you And it's starting to weigh on me and it's starting to impact me. So I would really appreciate it if we could stick to some other topics and not get on the topic of the boss anymore. That is setting a boundary. You have just set a boundary with your coworker. It is very fair for you to set that boundary and it is very fair for you to make that request to your coworker and it is important that she then honors it because if she values your friendship and she cares about you then she will understand why you have set that boundary it is to protect your own mental health and your own sanity so that's one example of setting a boundary um another example of setting a boundary would be If you have a partner, let's say that you're in a relationship and your partner is constantly minimizing your feelings. So let's say every time you get upset about this one particular thing or any number of things, your partner has the tendency to tell you, you are overreacting. You are making a big deal out of something that is not a big deal and you're blowing this out of proportion. That is your partner minimizing your feelings. This is another opportunity for you to set a boundary. In this case, what you can say to your friend is, or to your partner is, I get that you are not trying to hurt me I get that you are coming from a good place in all of this and that you love me. But when you tell me that I am overreacting, you are invalidating my feelings. You are invalidating what is happening to me and that hurts me. What I actually need from you is to validate my feelings is to say, okay, we might not be on the same page yet, but I hear you, 
I understand you and your feelings are valid. So let's do the work together in a way that we can both appreciate and honor one another so that we can validate your feelings and fix this. That is setting a boundary. That is saying that it is no longer acceptable for your partner to minimize your feelings. You are setting an expectation that your partner will validate your feelings. And it's not always easy. It is not always easy to get to a place where you can set a boundary and maintain a boundary. This example is is a challenging one, especially if you have a partner who is very flippant and avoidant and loves to invalidate or minimize your feelings. So one of two things will happen. Either your partner will come around and meet you halfway and you will begin to feel that your boundaries are being honored or your partner will refuse and that's where letting go comes into play. It's really important that we understand that when we start setting boundaries, there are some people who will continue to play a role in our lives and there are other people who we are going to have to let go of. It's very painful and it's a very difficult pill to swallow. And the whole concept of letting go is another topic for another day that I cannot get so far into in this boundaries podcast because we have to stay focused on boundaries. But the bottom line is that you need to understand when you start setting boundaries, there will be people who will honor them. And those are the people who should stay in your life. And there will be people who will never ever honor them. And those are the people who you need to either remove or drastically distance yourself from. Because the longer you continue to allow your boundaries to be exploited and you do not honor your boundaries and you allow other people to dishonor your boundaries, the longer you are going to remain in unhealthy, abusive relationships and life situations. Period. I'm going to list off a couple of other boundaries very quickly. I'm not going to go into so much detail like I did with those first two examples, but other boundaries might be I do not want to go out into social situations where my friends are going to be binge drinking. I just don't want to do it. That's a boundary. Another boundary might be I am going to attend cycling class three times a week and no one is going to make me feel guilty about that. No one is going to impinge upon that time that I have dedicated for myself to go to cycling class three times a week. Another boundary is I will not accept a partner who wants to control my every move. 
I will not accept a partner who does not trust me to make decisions about where I'm going and what I'm doing. So you can see that boundaries can really run the gamut. They can be personal decisions that you make for yourself about how you spend your time. They can be situational decisions about what you will accept when you go out into social situations. And they can be definitions that you place around your relationships to say that this is something that I will accept or this is what I won't accept. So, so now we've talked about what boundaries are and you can start to see that there's really an infinite possibility, an infinite potential to set boundaries. Um, we can have hundreds or thousands of boundaries if we really want to, but the more important thing is to really look at the areas of your life where you are struggling. Look at the things that are causing you pain, discomfort, the things that are challenging or hindering your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, and ask yourself, can I set a boundary that will enable me to fix that? Whatever is challenging or minimizing my ability to be healthy and happy and sane in any of those areas, can I create a boundary for myself or for another person that will change that, that will make it better? And those are the areas where we really need to focus on creating and enforcing those boundaries. So we've talked a lot now about why empaths cannot set boundaries or maintain boundaries. We've talked a little bit about what a boundary is and the definition of a boundary and we've gone through some examples of boundaries. And now I want to talk for a minute about how does it happen that boundaries are not established or boundaries are not honored in different types of people. So we we talked a lot about empaths, but I want to talk a little bit more generally about boundaries because a lot of times empaths like us find ourselves in relationships with people who are not empaths because opposites attract. And we often find that the type of people who we are attracted to or who are attracted to us are not always the most healthy for us, especially because empaths tend to be attracted to narcissists because that's what we learned as the definition of love, right? So there's a couple of ways that boundary issues can occur. The first one I want to talk about is an enmeshed family system where there is a narcissistic parent or caregiver. Okay, this is the one that we've already talked about. This is the empath scenario. What happens in those family situations is that there really are no boundaries. 
the relationship between the parent and the child is so enmeshed that the child cannot tell the difference between her emotions and her parent's emotions. So when her parent is sad, she is sad. When her parent is angry, she is angry. In an enmeshed family environment, the child doesn't really develop a a unique sense of self. She tends to take on all of the characteristics of the people around her. She never really becomes herself. She never gets to know herself because she's taking on everyone's everyone else's emotions and she's constantly working to make everyone else happy. So there are no boundaries. She never sets boundaries between herself and her parent or herself and her siblings or whatever the case may be. And she doesn't learn how to set boundaries. That's what we've talked about. Um, the other, On the other end of the spectrum... On the opposite of the enmeshed family system, we have the disengaged family system. This is a family system where you have the opposite going on. There's little to no connection. In in these scenarios, we see parents that are completely disengaged from their children. They have a complete separation. There is very little to no emotional bonding. There is constant instability and there are no boundaries. So for those people that are coming up in a disengaged family system, it is very difficult for them to let people in. They never experienced closeness. They learned to be completely solitary and independent because if they ever did for a moment get their hopes up or get attached, they were always let down time after time. So it just became incredibly important for them to keep love at an arm's length, to not let anyone come in. And they created very harsh and rigid boundaries and basically turned their emotions off and their boundaries are so such that no one really gets through it's it's what we talked about before how a healthy boundary is like a membrane whereas this type of an unhealthy boundary is really like a wall and they're not letting anybody in so we have to understand that people fall all over the spectrum when it comes to boundaries and Some people are very secure, very healthy. They were raised in an environment where people did have boundaries and that was okay. And they're okay with that. But when we find people that have issues with boundaries, it's usually on these extreme ends that we're talking about. Where there was an enmeshed family system or a disengaged family system. And just the way opposite ends of the magnet are drawn together people from two ends of this spectrum are also drawn together and it becomes very dangerous and it becomes a breeding ground for codependency unhealthy relationships and abusive relationships um so taking all of that into consideration we need to be 
very loving and gentle when we start to talk about boundaries. Because if we have been existing inside of a relationship where there are no boundaries, or if we're in a new relationship and we want to set boundaries from the start, in either case, it's important that we approach this in a loving and gentle manner. We don't want to say to our existing partner, okay, starting today, this is how it's going to be. I don't care what you have to say or what you think. These are my boundaries and you know, you don't have anything to say about it. You just need to abide and honor my boundaries. You know, that's going to be alarming. And what do they say? You get more you catch more bees with honey than vinegar. And that is true. You know, there's a balance in terms of setting, establishing, and maintaining boundaries in a loving way, in a paced way, so that you have long-term success versus just spouting things out in a very military-like fashion or dictator-like fashion. And again, I say that about an existing relationship, but when it comes to a new relationship, if you start shouting out your boundaries from the rooftop the moment that you meet a new person, again, you have the potential to scare that person away. So it's important to be firm and to maintain and honor your boundaries and to make them known but it's also important to do it in a gentle, loving, healthy way. And one of the things that we need to know is that we do not get to tell other people how to honor their boundaries or how to set their boundaries or what their boundaries should be. We are allowed to have internal reactions to other people's boundaries. We might feel disappointed by a boundary, hurt by a boundary, excluded by a boundary, but we cannot invalidate that boundary no matter how it makes us feel because just as much as our emotions and our boundaries are important and valid, other people's are as well. And so I'm going to talk a little bit more about healthy boundaries in a minute. But in the meantime, we have to keep that in mind. It's not just us that is going to be setting and having boundaries. And it's not just our relationship and our past with boundaries that's going to impact the relationship. Our partner or friend or coworker or family member also has a personal history. All of that needs to be taken into account and we can never invalidate that for the other person. We, we should always honor that. And also the last thing on this note is that we should respond to the other person's boundaries with love and acceptance because the greatest gift that we can give to someone that we care about is to truly embrace their no as much as we embrace their yes. That's what we would want for ourselves, and that's what we should give to others. Embracing those no's just as much as we embrace those yeses. So I want to get into the last couple of things here. Um, 
here's a few questions that I came across um, in my research for this podcast, and I'm going to go through them relatively quickly, and then I'm going to get to some of the questions that came into me on Instagram. Um, one of the, the Q&As that uh, one of these women who I follow and she speaks really beautifully about boundaries. Um, I will share her her account with anybody who's interested in receiving it. Um, but she did a Q&A about boundaries and someone had asked her, what is the difference between a boundary and a wall? Because we talked about that before, how a boundary is like a membrane. It's not a wall. And she said that the difference is that boundaries allow for more connection and more closeness Boundaries allow us to have more beautiful, intense, close personal relationships where walls obviously do the opposite. They shut people out and they are detrimental to relationships. So it's important to realize that boundaries does not mean something negative. It means something positive and it, it improves a relationship rather than making it more difficult. And another one of the question and answers that she had, um, someone had asked her, what are boundaries for? And I loved her response to this so much. Um, Basically, she said that boundaries exist for two reasons. The first one is boundaries keep us safe. So I mentioned that before. Boundaries can keep us safe. They can protect our emotional health, our physical health our spiritual health. They can protect our spirits. They can help us honor ourselves and help us keep our hearts protected inside of relationships. And the other thing is that boundaries help us to know who we are. Because when we are empathic, we have this ongoing ongoing tendency to become so enmeshed in relationships and so codependent in relationships there's no boundaries there's nothing that separates us from our partner we're so caught up in our partner's needs and emotions and wants that we don't even feel ourselves anymore. We don't feel our hearts. We don't honor our passions. We don't honor ourselves. We're just constantly seeking the approval and the validation of that other person. And when that person is happy, we're happy. When that person is sad, we're sad. When that person is angry, we're angry. We're going back to that parent-child relationship where the child has no identity of her own and she's totally wrapped up in that identity of her partner. So when we establish boundaries, we are creating an environment where we are really able to separate ourselves from the other person and say, this is what makes me feel good. This is what makes me happy and healthy. This is what I want. This is who I am. And I love you and I honor you and I respect you, but I am separate from you. I am whole and I am complete all on my own. I'm going to talk a lot more about codependence in a future podcast. 
But again, I want to stick to the topic of boundaries today. I just want to say on the topic of codependence, codependence is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not an evil thing and it's not a flaw. And I'll talk a lot more about what I mean by that in a future podcast. But it's important that even if we recognize that it's okay to have some codependency within a relationship, it is also critical to have healthy boundaries. That is a non-negotiable. So codependent is not a four-letter word as long as healthy boundaries exist. Um, you know, for empaths, there's a lot of blurring of boundaries and emotions throughout life, throughout our lives, from childhood into adulthood. And when we establish healthy boundaries, we understand and we create an environment where we are able to love another person, but not at the expense of ourselves. That's what it means to have healthy boundaries. We can love, we can coexist, we can grow together, we can have an amazing connection and a beautiful life and do so much and be so happy, but never at the expense of ourself or our health or our own happiness. So, with all of that said, the last thing I want to do here is address the most common question that I kept on receiving from you guys in on my Instagram DMs. And I ask you guys, what are your boundary questions? And I've touched on a lot of them. I use them as bullet points from my notes um, to create this podcast. So many of you already have had your questions answered um, throughout this discourse. But the final one that I kept getting is people are asking me, what do I do when the person who is violating my boundaries is someone who I cannot cut out of my life and I feel powerless and a lot of the times these people were asking me this question they were referring to either their boss or their mother-in-law their father-in-law you know some type of an in-law a couple of people were referring to their actual mother their own mother or father and so now we're talking about a boss a mother-in-law, an actual parent. Um, You know, the reality of the situation is it does not matter who the individual is. When you set a boundary, you have an expectation that your boundary is going to be honored. And if you have individuals that are constantly violating those boundaries for whatever reason, it is on you to change the circumstance so that does not happen. 
you have rights as an individual to protect yourself, to honor your own happiness, and to not be in a circumstance where you are having your boundaries being violated. If it's a mother-in-law or a father-in-law and they're violating your boundaries, that's most likely happening because your spouse is allowing that to happen. And if your spouse is allowing that to happen, your spouse is also contributing to the disrespect and dishonor of your boundaries. So that's when you need to have a conversation with your spouse about what is acceptable and what is appropriate. And you need to determine if your spouse is truly willing to honor and respect you and your boundaries and therefore make the, cha- the necessary changes within your relationship. As I said before, not everyone is going to survive the scenario when we change and set our boundaries and the way that we interact. Sometimes we're going to need to let people go and that's okay too. The bottom line here is that we teach people how to treat us based on what we accept and what we allow. So by setting clear non-negotiable boundaries, in that instance, we are then teaching people how to treat us and what is acceptable. Sometimes we really just need to get out of our own way and we need to have the strength to create the boundary, to evaluate the circumstance and determine what exactly is happening right now that is in violation of my sanity, my health, my well-being. And once we determine what the violation is, then we can create a boundary to address it. So for example, for those who wrote to me about their mother-in-law or father-in-law, the common denominator was that those in-laws were not respecting boundaries. Something was happening repeatedly in violation of a respect for time, distance, comfort. And so let's just say, for example, someone's mother-in-law is constantly calling the house. Okay, so every day, at least 10 times a day, or let's just say five times a day, the mother-in-law is calling to check in. This is an opportunity for us to say, okay, what is acceptable here? Am I okay with her calling once a day? Am I okay with her calling twice a week? From there, we set the boundary and we say, okay, we sit down with our spouse and we decide on a plan of action. We are going to bring this up to the mother-in-law, either separately or together in whatever fashion is the most comfortable for everyone we're going to approach it from a very loving and respectful manner 
and we're going to say okay like we want you to know that we love you so much and we value you so much we are presently at a time in our life where time is such a valuable resource and in order that we can make the most of our time and our conversation together we think it's healthy for us to talk on the phone three times a week or once a day in the morning but if we are having conversations five times a day the quality of those conversations is really diminished because we're not valuing our time we're just overexposed to one another to such a degree that the quality of our interactions drop and we love you so much that we want to have the best quality you know life is short and time is valuable and you are so precious to us and so we thank you so much for hearing that and honoring that and we really look forward to what comes next now that we have this agreement that puts us on the same page and that is setting a healthy boundary it is fair it is not asking too much the boundary is now set and the expectation is that it will be honored if the boundary is not honored what we have is a clear violation of the boundary and we have an unhealthy situation and again it is our responsibility at that point to take another measure whatever that measure may look like and we need to have the support of our spouse at that point and if our spouse is not honoring that you know at that point we have to take a look at the larger picture because if boundaries are regularly being violated in that way there's probably a lot more than just that one issue that's being violated and then we need to take a look at the relationship as a whole but the bottom line is is that you treat people you teach people how to treat you based on what you tolerate what you accept and what you allow and we really have to take responsibility for that because you know empathy has a negative dark side too and we can become very self-defeating we can develop a martyr complex we can develop this whole woe is me nothing is good the world is against me and we can throw our hands up and that's also unacceptable there's nothing healthy about that and that defeatist attitude is simply enabling everyone around you to violate your boundaries and to walk all over you and at that point it becomes your responsibility to change it so again complaining is not doing anything setting the boundary enforcing the boundary and doing what it takes to protect your light your spirit your heart your well-being that is taking responsibility and teaching people how to treat you and that can be applied to situations with family with employers with whomever there is no one in this world who exists in such a space 
that they are untouchable or exempt from your boundaries. It does not matter who it is. Your boundaries are your boundaries. That is your birthright as a human being to define your boundaries and then have your boundaries honored. And anyone who does not want to honor those boundaries is someone that you do not need in your life. You have to meet fire with fire sometimes or you have to eliminate the problem. And it's never as easy as it sounds. Don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that this process is going to be easy, but I am saying that it is your responsibility to figure it out because no one is going to do it for you. And sometimes we need like that tough love to really wake up and figure out where our responsibility is in all of this. Because yes, the circumstances that happened to us in our life that brought us here may have been out of our control, but what we do next and how we live out the rest of our life is fully our responsibility. So I hope that answers the question as to what do I do when I cannot get rid of a particular person or when the person is a real challenge to deal with because of who they are or what position they hold of authority in my life. That's never an excuse. That's never a reason to tolerate a violation of boundaries. Okay, so I'm about to wrap this podcast up. The last thing I want to touch on really, really quick is boundaries obviously are critical. There is a difference between a healthy boundary and an unhealthy boundary. It's really up to you to determine what boundaries would be healthy and what boundaries would be unhealthy. It's really about fairness. You know, we cannot set unrealistic expectations of people. It's not fair to say to your partner, I have a boundary that I never want to have a disagreement. I never want you to raise your voice. I never want you to get frustrated. That's unfair. That's just one small example of of what an unfair boundary can be. You know, it can be fair to say, I will not tolerate you yelling at me, screaming at me, swearing at me. That is universally unacceptable. I will not be yelled at like a dog or a child. But to say, I will not accept you raising your voice, that you see the difference between a healthy and an unhealthy boundary. So that's my last sort of caveat for setting boundaries. Remember to set realistic, reasonable, healthy, and fair boundaries because when you do that at the outset, that is going to serve you better in the long run. Again, going back to the example of the mother-in-law, it wouldn't be fair to say to her, um, you know, we are only going to speak on the phone once a month, whereas we've been speaking on the phone five times a day thus far. 
you know and of course if if somebody is dangerous or abusive or any of those things you do have every right to cut them out of your life but it's all about figuring out what is actually appropriate what is healthy and then creating really loving strong boundaries around the circumstance so i do hope that all of this has been helpful to you guys. Um, I have been wanting to talk about boundaries at length with you for so long. It's been piece by piece coming together. I've been sharing with you as I've been moving through this research and implementing this in my life. And I'm so excited to now bring you all of this knowledge that I've learned and that I've been experiencing and you know, truth be told, I'm still working through it. It's not a perfect science for me yet. It doesn't come naturally to me. But with practice and with dedication and commitment to real lasting change, we are capable of rewriting the script we are capable of changing everything that came before and embodying a new personal best within our lives. We are capable of living joy, wellness, happiness, abundance, loving, healthy relationships, we are so capable and so deserving of that. And boundaries are one huge piece of the puzzle. We have to get it right. And then everything else begins to fall into place. And that's why I wanted to take a full episode to discuss what boundaries are and how we begin to enforce them and change that narrative. So again, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm happy to answer any further questions on this topic. Let me know. Um, I will be posting more and I cannot wait to get your feedback. So I'm gonna close this here and this will take us to the outro for this episode. Thank you. Alright guys, once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wild Moon Podcast. It is my deepest pleasure to present this content to you. Thank you for all of your love, support, and feedback. I truly hope that the message that you received from this episode will change and inspire you please follow me on instagram at wild.moon.co send me a message give me your thoughts let me know about what you want to hear in the next episode 
And also, if you know someone who would benefit from this message, please share this podcast with them. It is my greatest hope that the work that I'm doing and the content that I'm bringing you will touch as many lives as possible. So thank you so much for your part in all of this. Thank you for being a beautiful piece of the Wild Moon Collective. I love you. I wish you so much love and so much light. And I will talk to you again.